This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, today we talk about grounding our family in a new normal, Will Smith epiphanies, and David's awkward sidewalk encounters. What's up, David? Hey, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well tonight. Yeah? Really good? Like... Really, really good looking. Not just decent? Um, yeah, I'm fair to Midland. <laughs> that should be your new decent. So every time anyone asks you how you're doing, you're like, oh, decent, decent which gives no information whatsoever. No. Nothing. But it's about how I feel a lot of the time. Just Like, decent. I don't feel great. I don't feel terrible. I feel like I probably should feel better than I do, or maybe I should feel worse about myself than I do. So I'm decent. Decent. Yeah. Good. Well, good. You're better than decent tonight? Uh, I think so. Good. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> the, the night's not over yet, so... It's only just begun. I'm excited to be talking to you, though. Yeah, we have all three of our kids up, like, awake right Bouncing now. Bouncing around. But, yeah, they're all over, so we'll see if they come in... That reminds me of that song, Bouncing Around the Room. Do you remember that? Bouncing Around the Room. Bounce around. Bounce around. <laughs> bounce up. Bounce up and get down. Totally different song. I know. That's why it's funny. I knew know, it was wrong. Do you know wrong. what song I'm talking about, though? Uh, no, I don't. It's by some jam band. Who's your favorite jam band? Oh, Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. That's besides, all I knew. Besides Dave Matthews, who's your favorite band? Uh, jam band? I liked, is Ben Harper a jam band? Uh, I think and so. Criminals it's by Fish. Someone? Fish is like the ultimate <laughs> jam band. I was going to say Fish, but I felt like that was like too on the nose. No, it was Fish. They're never... the ultimate jam band. So growing up, it well, called the 90s was when I was in middle school and high school. You'll well, call the 90s? I'll call it the 90s. <laughs> I came up was with that phrase the 90s? because the last two digits are nine and zero. <laughs> um, I'll call it the 90s. Growing up in the 90s. Keep going, I mean, I'm kind of a child, child of an 80s, but... <laughs> I, I came of age, if you will, in the 90s. Sure. And a lot of my friends were into fish, and they were into... Um, Weed. Some of them. No, <laughs> most of them were actually into dipping, like where you put the tobacco under your lip. Oh, really? I Gross. had one friend who did it so much that the fiberglass in there, which is how it gets into cut. your bloodstream, cut all the way through. He had to have <gasps> surgery on his lip. He was like 17 years old. No. That's a ton of dip. That's terrible. Um, no, I was trying to think of the I other... thought you were going to talk about like, when I dip, you dip, we dip. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just go to great old R&B. Yeah, like bounce around. Bounce around, yeah. I just jump around. <laughs> I know. That's why it's so funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you do. You like some uh, weed jam music. You like Dave yeah. Matthews. You like Bryce Harper. He's a baseball player. Bryce Harper. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you What's even know me? We went to a Ben Ron, Harper. Ron Harper. Ron Harper. <laughs> ben Harper concert <laughs> together. Yeah, it was. That was my baby gift to you, wasn't it? Yeah. Right after uh, our oldest son was born, we went and saw Ben Harper. It was yeah. awesome. I was hoping it was Bryce Harper, but you and you didn't like you didn't like Ben Harper before we went, and then you saw him live, and yeah. you were like, "Oh, I get it now." He's amazing live. I probably have never listened to a song on Spotify or Amazon Music. Really? Ever of him? No, I have oh. no. Des- I have very little desire. 
Um, I like playing his music super loud, especially his um, live stuff. Anyway, no one is interested in what I listen to loud, but I do like that loud, along with Beyonce. At the same time? No. A good mashup? No, but I love Beyonce. All right, so speaking of celebrities that have been in our life for a while, actually longer than Beyonce, um, I had a Will Smith epiphany this week. Okay. So it's not really a Will Smith. It's really about his children. So Will Smith is married to Jada Pinkett Smith, I believe. Yep. And they have two kids. Um, Our son, who is here again uh, as the producer, can correct me if I get this wrong, but it's Jaden and Willow. Is it really? Yeah. For some reason, okay, just really quickly. For some reason, I have heard their names before but never put it together that it is a version of each of their parents. That's what my epiphany was. Really? Yes. I didn't realize that. We were joking about Jaden Smith because we watch, me and the boys watch the show called Impractical Jokers, and one of the guys has a tattoo of Jaden Smith as a, like, (laughs) practical joke on him. (laughs) Isn't it on his butt? It's on his hip, yeah. Oh, my god. And I was sitting there, and I was like, wait, Jaden Jada, what's the daughter's name? Willow. Will. Uh, and it just clicked for you. I'm sorry, I just stole your thunder. Uh, you did. We should actually go the over same... the show notes together. Because before... <laughs> I have the same epiphany, but just right here on the air. I mean, Jaden Smith is 22 years old, and I just figured out that he's named after his mom. <laughs> that's pretty uh, funny. Yeah, you did totally steal that, but that's okay. Like, that's why we. That's why we played the game, you know? We went the notes but you didn't put any details in there so it just you know no, i appreciate that you just got it too yeah so it's that's a that's a good one yeah you want to hear one other dumb thing about me before we yeah get... is it that you're related to will smith no in no way in no... <laughs> um uh emmett smith maybe um maybe yeah maybe i don't think so so <laughs> i realized this morning that i don't walk by people correctly <laughs> What do you mean? I literally don't know. Again, this was on our show notes, and it just says David walks weird by people or something. Incorrectly. (laughs) He walks by them. Okay, tell me. We're in, you know, quarantine, COVID times right now, so always giving people distance when I'm walking around the neighborhood, cross the street or whatever. Yeah. Everyone's cool with it. Everyone likes that, right? I realized today that I was walking, and I was probably like 40 feet away or something from this person, catty corner or whatever, across the street from them. And they sort of glanced at me and I looked down. And then I looked up like, oh, I'm going to smile and say hi to them. I didn't know who they were, but they were in our, you know, they looked like neighbors of some sort. And so yeah. I was gonna, it was just a woman and I was going to wave and say hi. But then I realized she never looked up again. So I think I look too late at people because I'm always like, why don't people wave at so, me more? But I think it's because I look down because I'm actually thinking, this is awkward, this is awkward, this is awkward. <laughs> Until like near the last minute, and that's when I want to be like, "Hey, good to see you." Smile, you so know. So that you can like wave and then be right on your way, so you don't have to yeah. have any conversation. Well, because the last thing I want is to wave too soon, and then we're just walking. <laughs> it is the last thing someone would walking, want. <laughs> walking, and then we're past. I agree with that. There is a special timing that you have to do when you're like coming up on someone, like passing them, because if you wave too soon, it is also really awkward. I'm going to start just waving like 100 yards away. Be like, hey, <laughs> how's it going? And just keep waving and looking them dead in the eye until yeah. you meet them. And then turn around and walk backwards. Oh, man. So kidding. the Blue Angels flew over Atlanta. Yes, it was so cool. It was cool. And so we went to this big parking lot to be able to see it. 
and someone I'm terrible with faces and names as you know and uh, and people and heart issues and any <laughs> feelings but anyway faces say, and names would you say you're an awkward guy <laughs> yeah pretty much that's where the dog gets it so socially awkward dog yeah so this guy it was, it was bright and so I was sort of squinting and this guy's like 30 yards away and he's like he kind of waves and I waved back I was like hey good to see you no clue who he is <laughs> No clue. But you acted like you did. Yes, but then I realized the guy, there was a person standing behind me who also said something. Those and I was are the like, worst. And I was like, oh, did I just totally embarrass myself? Oh my gosh, that's the worst. But then he waved at you like a minute later when you walked up and I was like, oh, we're supposed to know who that is. And then oh, eventually I, I figured know. it out. And you whispered in my ear, you're like, do you know who that is? And I was like, no clue, but I just pretended I did. Yeah. It's Those moments are terribly awkward. Well, it's terribly awkward for you because 90% of the time you know exactly who it is, you remember them. I'm, I'm just super good at names. It's like 10% of the time I, that I actually know who is waving at me. Right. Unless I've like <laughs> hung out with them in the last week. <laughs> but but to your credit, you can recognize a famous person and list every movie that they've been on like it's going out of style. I've never seen anything like it. And Watching a movie with you is terrible. It's out of style. <laughs> because every movie we watch, you're like, oh, you know what they're in? Let me list it for you. And then if you don't know, you look it up and spend five minutes looking up what they've been in so you can report. But, um, yeah, but real-life relationship? So difficult. (laughs) Too much to risk, right? So, speaking of reporting. Yes. uh, At the end of last week, we talked about you reporting back to us on our newly upgraded and updated contribution chart. So, I had a hypothesis last week. (laughs) Hypothesis. It's the worst word ever. Um, so I had a hypothesis that if we put more chores on the chore chart or if we like have an, a structure behind chores, we're going to have a better week. More and structure because you had more a structure. structure, but we just needed more because there's yeah, so Yeah, because much we have time. so much time to fill now. So much blessed time. So we uh, did more rigorous chores and I would say it was good, but it was probably more encouraging for me or like reminded me of what I needed to do during the day. And gave me direction more than it did the kids, which was helpful. So you ended up with more chores. Well, I ended up with more chores. <laughs> yeah, I contributed a lot. But it gave me direction or like I always struggle with having to do everything in one day or not being not doing enough. And so it gave us one day to complete one task like laundry. Um, which was helpful for me to say, okay, that's what we planned on today, and that's enough, and now we can go play or rest or do whatever. So for that, I think it was really good. It gave me the enough um, line, and I think it was a better week, although I did slump over by Wednesday in sadness, but it wasn't because of a lack of contributions in the house. Yeah, I was going to ask before we transition to that, did the boys push back more? Did no. they feel the weight of extra work? I think they may have felt the weight, but I also think that they felt um, entrusted with something. Like they felt invigorated by it, and it seemed like they were um, sort of eager to have direction as well and to have more structure, which um, which I think led to um, – but it was easier for them to listen to me and easier for me to draw lines and say yes and no to things, which made our house run smoother. So like I guess it was a win. So hypothesis proven to be correct. Hypothesis. Hypothesis. Correct. <laughs> exactly. This mu- myth is busted. Or oh, great show. 
Great, great show, great, guys. Great, great show. show. Great show. I should talk like that on the podcast the whole time. Uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. So we want to talk about the new normal. Yes. And how it is not normal. No. But it is kind of here to stay for a little while. It is. How are you feeling about that? Well, so I mentioned earlier that I slumped over last week Wednesday. Felt pretty bad about um, everything, really. And I I couldn't really place it. I think I've gone through the um, quarantine and through the whole um, pandemic thing. Um, I have had incredible mood swings. Sometimes I feel fine about it. Sometimes it's sort of like thrilling to have something important to work on or be part of. And then other times I'm really sad. So last week I was really sad, couldn't figure it out. And I think what um, I concluded, so Wednesday and Thursday, I kind of just slumped over and wanted to go to bed pretty much all day. So school was really hard and getting things done, it just was difficult. Um, What I realized is that we have been operating in crisis mode, which does actually have a lot of adrenaline. And so I went for a walk with a friend over the weekend, um, or no, it was Friday night. And she said two things. She said, people should really know that, um, it's okay that you're not okay. So she has a situation where both her and her husband work very full-time jobs. Um, and they have three kids and they are all third grade and younger. And she just said, this is, this is soul breaking. Like it's, it's really hard. And she said that what, what she's missing in the community or what she's missing from her friends is for someone to say, it's okay that you're not okay. Like this is really hard. And we've said that before, but there was something that really resonated when her and I were talking about it. Um, it does make a difference when it comes from a friend's voice rather than your voice. Um, so the other thing that we were talking about was, you know, why why am I not okay? Like, life has changed dramatically, but um, but shouldn't I be able to handle this? Like, what is this? What is it about this that I can't handle? And I think what I realized when we were walking was that essentially, like, we had a pretty balanced life, like a pretty grounded life. So we were grounded, and the way I visualize it is like a top spinning on the ground. Like, we were really busy, and we were, like, doing the normal family routine things like soccer and baseball and basketball and you name it. But um, when the pandemic hit and sort of the world shut down, or that's what it felt like, I think our top um, continued to spin, and it went double time and went into the air. And, like, did not come down, which is sort of thrilling at first, right? Like, we, um, like, our whole schedule changed. Um, all kinds of things were dropped. And so we acted in crisis mode. And it was sort of novel. And then I think what happened last week was I realized this is no longer novel. And, but I'm still operating in crisis mode. And so there was, like, this disconnect or something that made me feel really sad. Because what I was missing was that sense of groundedness. So I never, or like we never as a family reestablished what normal would look like in the new normal. And so I think we touched on it last week when I was talking about, you know, my hypothesis about having a, um, a contribution chart that was an attempt, um, to reestablish our family into a new normal, even though it still doesn't feel normal. 
so what I realized was that was why I was sad. I was grieving the old normal and needed to take the step of grief in order to reestablish some systems to put back in into our life groundedness. So things like like we were eating dinner in front of the TV, which is not really like us. And so pulling that back and having dinner around the table again. Um, having dinner at a normal hour, like we were sort of just having dinner whenever we could. And um, kids were coming and going, and it was kind of fun for a while, but then it started to eat away at us. And there weren't real lines for when work ended and when family time started. We um, had bedtimes go later and later, which sort of caused us to spin out a little bit, and then everybody is really exhausted. And um, and, and you, like you working at home, we talked about blurred lines as well. So you working at home, like there never was, or the, it's been harder to establish, like this is when I am in the office and this is when I'm working and this is when I'm not. So all of these things are kind of blurry and squishy and still feel very chaotic and crisis mode. And so we just needed to take a step back and reestablish normal um, for what normal is right now. And I guess I had to admit that this is the new normal, unfortunately, like social distancing and whatnot. Yeah. So you've identified a couple of things that I think are interesting. One is around building more structure in kind of the work that our kids needed to do um, because their days weren't as long from a school perspective. And so Mm -hmm. having more chores and then we had lost structure around our evening in particular. So when work ended, when dinner started, what dinner looked like, when bedtime started, right? Yeah. Are there any other parts of kind of the new normal that you are thinking about as we keep moving through this and as we really prepare for the summer to start where <laughs> they won't have any school? Yeah, I think school has actually been helpful um, to have some routine and rhythm I think the other thing that I've noticed over the last few days is that we've had socially distanced play dates uh, where the kids will go ride bike with some friends um, six feet apart or or go play down at the creek for a little while, but keeping distance. So again, all outdoor space. But I, I found that that was really um, lacking and good for Before our that. souls. Yeah, uh, good for our souls to not just be with each other. All yeah. the time. Yeah. It was really encouraging, I think, to one of our sons in particular to get to see a bunch of his friends and have an activity and yet still be socially distant and safe. Yeah, exactly. I think it is tricky because you still want to you still want to honor people, even no matter what we believe or what other people believe about being social distance. I know that it's a big hubbub and blah blah blah, but there is a level of just our family being respectful no matter what we believe just being respectful of the other people around us. And so making sure that we talk with our kids about what social distance is and what an appropriate amount of distance is and keeping an eye on that is really important. Um, But equally important to see friends face to face. Yeah. Side note. Side note. Kids ride bike or do they ride bikes? Ride bike. Cause you only can ride one bike at a time, right? But there's multiple kids, right? Ooh. Any English I've, majors out there who could apply? No, 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 I think this is a regional, <laughs> like, colloquialism. Colli- co- what? Colloquialism. Thank you. You're welcome. Colloquialism. <laughs> because I've always said you ride bikes, and I know that your family says that you ride bike. Oh, and I've interesting. And that 
Um, and so I just think it's funny. It's sort of like pop and soda. Well, it might be that my family just leaves out the word your. Like, they just shorten <laughs> it to say ride bike. Go ride bike instead of go ride your bike. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple other words that they singularize. And then there's a bunch of words that you pluralize for no real reason. Oh, it's because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, so are there any other things that you're either worried about or thinking about in terms of the new normal? Um, some good internal rhythms that are really natural for a family are to read books together at specific times of the day. I think meals are a really big deal to give those rhythms of the day. I think rest time is a good rhythm of the day. Things that just sort of distinguish one hour to the next. What are you, do you have thoughts? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) I have so few thoughts right now, Rachel. (laughs) Not just on this, on anything. (laughs) I'm still trying to remember what that guy's name is from the other day. Is he famous? I'm just kidding. Not oh, yet. the guy that we saw while we were watching the Blue Angels. I got it. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's good. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like, well, I, I just want to say it out loud. I'm nervous that I'm, like, slow on the uptake on this. You know, like, I wonder if a lot of other people have grieved or have gone through this process already, and I'm just, like, a little pokey to get there. No, I um, have had several conversations in the last week where people had similar kind of like some sort of breaking point in the last week. Not mm. necessarily a breakdown, but just, oh, this isn't changing kind of right. realization. Um, and so I think that level of like, oh, we got to figure out how to continue to live in this is really normal right now among people I've talked to recently. Yeah. But I'm sure there's some people out there listening who are like, yeah, we went through that like three weeks ago. Yeah, we and some got people this. are like, oh, this is still easy. This is great. <laughs> and maybe yeah. in three weeks they'll be sad and <laughs> yeah, mourning exactly. with us. I think the one thing I don't want to forget or to replace is the feeling of presence, like being mm. present, um, because I really don't know what tomorrow will look like. Um, I don't have a lot of options for what tomorrow will look like, and I can't really worry about yesterday. So it is really... Um, an intentional practice of presence that I'm finding a lot of solace in and reassurement. That's what I want to keep as we move forward. That's great. I think that's a good way to. to you end. with me? Are you going to come with me on that? Nah, or? I'm just going to sit here and try to remember people's names. Yeah, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to go with reassurance, though, instead of reassurement. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, it's because it's funny. That's why I said it. No, <laughs> it, that one I actually been, didn't know. That would be reassurements. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no, I do think there's part of me that worries that we're just going to go back to the same level of busyness. But it's going to take a little while to get out of this. Like, we're not going to be back to normal in June or July even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've been starting to talk about, like, oh, will we be able to go see some family over the summer? And even that makes me think, okay, we need to just have enough space in there that we're not just running around yeah. trying to fit everything in and then going into what is hopefully a new school year if, you know, God willing, everything goes well with uh, kind of eradicating this or controlling the, the virus. So I do fully agree that this presence, a little bit of slowness, um, a l- more for me, especially like more time just here, here together in the house Mm -hmm. has been a real, um, kind of 
surprising pleasure and want to hold on to that and not just jump back in or more likely it'll be like a slow incline back in and then we'll wake up in a year 18 months and realize oh we're just as busy as we were before all this yeah yeah today I guess I just want to encourage people and say um this is hard and not normal um but also encourage people to find some groundedness in yeah. the midst of it. Find some normal in the new normal. Exactly. Which is not normal. Right. And it's okay to not be okay. That's right. All right, Rich. Start of the week. Rich. Yeah. All right. Rich. What's up? Uh, um, so you know what one of my pet peeves is? There are so many, it's hard to choose. Yeah. Do you know the one I'm thinking of <laughs> right now? No, you're actually a laid back guy. Which one are you thinking about right now? Um, I don't love when I go looking for a recipe online uh-huh. and then I have to read a, like <laughs> a novel yes. about yes. someone's grandmother who used to make this food <laughs> and how they traveled oh my gosh. to their aunt's house once and added an ingredient. And exactly. You can be a cook or a chef or a whatever or a writer, but don't do both. Don't Seriously, try to do both. Just give me the ingredients and yep. the six steps. Yes, exactly. So I wanted to quantify this nuisance in my life. So yep. what I did was, the start of the week is coming based off of this. I went and I just searched for best cookie recipe. Yeah. Singular. Didn't put in a type of cookie, but everything that came up was chocolate chip cookies. Uh-huh. That's, Most common, I'm and sure. And I took the 10 first links that I got that weren't like a list of 70 different cookies, but were actually like, hey, here's my recipe. Yeah. Um, and so it was semi-random or at least controlled by Google and not me. Yeah. And then I went through and I did a word count on how long all their intros were before you actually got to hear the ingredients <laughs> and hear the six steps. This is fantastic. And, and so I want you to guess. So 10 websites. Okay. All of them uh, looked at the word count. I want you to guess what the average number of words were before you got to the ingredients with actual measurements and the list of steps. Because sometimes you get the ingredients in the middle of their narrative where it's like, I use butter and it's good. I like this kind of butter and I like it frozen or I like it this. Or I, and, but right. it's, not, it's not the actual, this is how much butter you put in <laughs> and then an ingre- a step. So right. how many words on average do you think these blogs slash recipe sites had before you actually got to what you really wanted. Uh, I'm curious, like, how many words do you think is in a paragraph? Average so paragraph. So here's the thing. Like, um, like a normal, you know, not like a long-form article, but like uh-huh. a normal magazine article will be like a 1,000 okay. words. Okay, that gives me some context because um, I'm not big on word counting usually. Yeah. I just read the words. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to so say... So like, like a paragraph is going to be like 150 to 250 words, depending on how long the paragraph is. Okay, that's helpful. I'm going to say like 600 words. Keep going. Higher? Higher. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I, let's just jump. 800? 800 and 29 words. Oh my gosh. For but, the love. For the but love. But <laughs> it gets worse. Yeah. Two of those sites were corporate sites. So one was Bon Appetit. I, I'm considering that a uh, 
corporate yeah, site. Like, like that's a magazine, right? Yep. Bon Appetit, only 58 words, right? Short and sweet. Yeah. They know what they know what you're there for. Boy, they brought the average down. The second one, Betty Crocker, 50 words. They know just, what they're doing, just man. Just get, get, get me to it. So if you take out those two and you just look at the eight that are actually like blogs and yeah. like people who make cookies or like, I don't know, or, or yeah, like co- cookie aficionados or whatever, right. as opposed to actual brands that like make do, the cookie stuff, what do you think that number jumps up to? Oh, I can't even do the math in my head, but I'm guessing probably like 1,500 or something. No, 1,023. Oh my gosh. So it, it, it jumps up about 200 words, so 1,023. So just but context, that's like eight to 10. a full magazine article. That's like eight to 10 paragraphs. Don't you think that if you spend so much time on a recipe, shouldn't you just write the recipe? I mean, like, why do you have to spend so much time? I bet. Oh, no, the reason is money. Like, because you have ads going through there. And the longer people spend on there and the more they slide through. And there's links to other recipes that you have. Like, that's the number one reason. My favorite websites, though, my favorite bloggers who do recipes are, are the ones that put a button at the top that says, jump to recipe. And you can just skip all the yeah. BS. A few of these did have that. I did notice that. Uh-huh. So, That's helpful. Yeah. That's a smart blogger right there. Yeah. So yeah. you were close, though, with your 1,500 number. The longest of the 10 that I looked at was 1,595 oh words. What can you say about something that nah, long? That's crazy. Know. Well, and some of these like headers were like FAQs about chocolate chip cookies. What are the facts? <laughs> Flour, chocolate. chocolate chips, cook them. Like Okay, but uh, to their credit, I do have to say that there is a science behind how to make chocolate chip cr- cookies the best. Like yeah. there's a so- there's obviously Yeah, a but there's a of lot science. of like one one person's quote was there's um when you find a good chocolate chip cookie, it's the unicorn of dessert recipes. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the most common recipe in the world. Come That's on. maybe why it's such a hard one to buy. <laughs> Another one had had a header that was types of cookies. Yeah. What I mean, I'm round, there for chocolate square. chip. <laughs> like, and their options for specialty and holiday. That's one type. Yeah. Unique or single use dough. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and then the third one was basic recipes that aren't all, at all basic. What is going on? I just follow the one on the back of the chocolate chip bag. More than one of these articles had a how to store chocolate chip cookies in a Tupperware <laughs> or eat them. Yeah, just eat them. <laughs> Anyway, and then one blogger did drop the like, oh, when I went on a trip to this city because I had the best cookie recipe, this is what I learned. And I was like, come Come on. on. (laughs) Come on. You're killing me. That is ridiculous, man. I agree, though. That is a pet peeve. I totally agree. Yeah, so. 1,595 words. (laughs) You're killing me. I will use a subpar cookie recipe if I can click the button on the top that says skip to recipe. Like, I will, yeah. Um. I'm for skipping the blah, blah, blahs. Blah, blah, blahs. <laughs> I think on the principle, I'm giving up cookies. No, you're not. I don't really like cookies, actually. You don't like cookies, and you don't like pie. It's nope. the weirdest thing I ever. I like cake, though. I mm, know. So Ugh. good. It's like super good. worst. It's the worst of the desserts, cake. Oh, man. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <gasps> I love pie. Yeah. Pie. I could eat it for lunch every day. Let's make some pie. Rachel. Yeah. Thanks for working on the farm. Thank you for working on the farm. Check ya. Yeah.